entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professionals who seek excellence. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show on the Business Builders Media Network. Here's Marty Wolf. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf, the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builders Show, which is a production of Business Builders Media. You can get all our shows and podcasts from many more great podcasters at businessbuildersmedia.com, where we give entrepreneurs and business leaders the tools they need to have their voices heard. That's businessbuildersmedia.com. My special guest with me today is Sam Malriat. Sam, I'm not sure if I'm saying your name right, so you can correct me. How did I pronounce your last name? Well, you got it. That's pretty good. Wow, that's good. We're off to a good start. So Sam is the director of Organic Crop Consultancy at the Rodale Institute. Before Sam and I start chatting, uh, just a few notes I want to share with everyone. So our interview with Sam is part of a series of four podcasts we are doing with and for Rodale Institute. The first interview we did with, was with Diana Martin, and she is the Director of Marketing and Communications at Rodale. And this was released a couple weeks ago. So if you happen to miss this one, first of all, shame on you. But just kidding aside, <laughs> um, why don't you subscribe to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf on your favorite podcast app and just search for Marty Wolf and the Business Builders Show. You will find Diana Martin's show. You'll want to listen to that one. You'll hear so much more and learn so much about Rodale Institute. Another point I'd like to point out, uh, I'd like to say, is on the Rodale website, which is rodaleinstitute.org. That's rodaleinstitute.org. It says this, the future is organic. Rodale Institute is growing the regenerative organic movement through research, farmer training, and consumer education. So Sam, again, welcome to the show. And I said that you are the Director of Organic Crop Consultancy at Rodale. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about the work you do there? Sure, well, thanks so much for having me, Marty. I'm excited to be here today. And um, yeah, you got it right. So I'm running the Organic Crop Consulting Program at Rodale. It's it's a relatively new uh, venture for Rodale Institute. We've always been out there trying to help farmers, uh, you know, figure out this organic production system and learn what it's all about. Um, but this organic crop consulting program came about um, with support from actually the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. Um, mm. Pennsylvania is actually the first state in the United States to pass its own farm bill. And within that farm bill was some funding to start an organic crop consulting program. And that fell to Rodale, um, since Rodale has sort of been a, a fixture in the farming community for such a long time. Uh, that fell to Rodale to uh, get started and to bring some people on. Um, I was a farmer for about 12 years uh, prior to signing on with Rodale in March of 2019. And since then, we've, tr- we've been trying to develop this program so that farmers can give us a call, they can get some help. 
and uh, learn what it means to transition to an organic production system. Terrific. We're going to talk more about that. As I looked at your background, and forgive me for not reading, you have a very impressive background. I'm not going to read it all. Um, <laughs> but it says on the website that SAM provides on-site technical assistance to farmers, landowners, and businesses that are interested in transitioning, transitioning land to certified organic and regenerative production systems. So technical assistance, maybe go a little deeper on that. What, what, what do you mean by that? Sure. Uh, we just sort of mean technical assistance to mean, uh, you know, whatever logistically you need help with to be able to figure out how to transition your farm from either a conventional production system over to an organic one um, or, or just getting started in organic farming or, or regenerative organic farming. Um, so technical assistance for us means um, helping farmers any way we can uh, to get over hurdles that they may run into. That may mean um, trying to find specialized equipment that they need, um, working on their certification paperwork. Um, it may be as simple as finding a, a good source for them for uh, straw or for seeds or, or whatever they might need. So. Um, I will say another aspect of technical to this particular brand of technical assistance, you know, we find this to be a very personal thing, you know, mm. transitioning an entire operation over to something new, over to a new system. So for us, technical assistance also sort of looks like somebody you can call when you need help. You know, mm. we, we want to be kind of a friend, you know, someone you can lean on just to say, Hey, I've been thinking about this thing. What do you think? Mm -hmm. um, we find that most farmers rely on, um, you know, companies, people that sell things, uh, to ask questions like that. We're really lucky in the sense that we don't we're not selling anything. So mm -hmm. this sort of personal relationship with, with, that we build, while while technical assistance may sound like something sort of impersonal. It's a very personal thing that we do, and and that's something we value. And I think farmers. I think farmers value too, I would hope. Yeah, um, I read a lot about this topic. That's why uh, I'm featuring Rodale. And um, the discussion with Diana Martin was very revealing to me. Um, it was very, very interesting in, in multi, many levels. And one of the things she said to me was, I, I asked her, is, well, organic, a f is this a fad? And she said, well, uh, not really. She said, if anything is a fad, it's the industrial agriculture that we're seeing now. Prior to the industrial agriculture we're seeing now, we did what Rodale is trying to teach us to do now. Is, is that a reasonable <laughs> statement, Sam? Yeah, I, well, it's definitely an interesting way to put that, right? Okay. Because, yeah, which I, I like and appreciate. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's certainly a fad that has shown to work in the sense that it has produced a lot of food for a lot of people for quite a while. Right. But I think the way you could view it as a fad is that it's, it's comes at a pretty high cost, mm -hmm. um, both environmentally and from a human health perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we're trying to address is that, look, there, there's certainly some, some increases here in technology and understanding and yield 
but it's coming at too high a cost for us. And I think in that sense, it better be a fad. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> things aren't going to go so well in the future. Yeah, I, I'm seeing that and reading that. I mean, and I'm, you may have heard me say it with Diana. I'm very concerned for our children. And yeah, I'm reading all about it. And what we're talking about, typically, I don't want to put words in Sam's mouth. These are my words. It's uh, We're talking about chemicals and pesticides and, and things like that are, that are, are all over the world. And there is a lot of study and information out there that says this is dangerous stuff. This is not healthy for us in the long run. So Sam is in the forefront, along with Rodale, and getting us to look at these different ways of uh, raising our food and keeping our water safe. So um, maybe we need to really define what you mean when we talk about certified organic and regenerative production systems. Define that for me. And what does it take to get your farm to that level? Sure. Uh, Organic certification is actually something that uh, is actually enshrined in law. Uh, in 1990 with the Organic Food Production Act, uh, it set forth some standards. Basically, the industry said, you know, we want you to regulate us. We want there to be some way to determine, um, you know, practices from one another. So certified organic just means that you are, if you're a certified organic farm, you're in compliance with the standards that were written by the National Organic Program which is administered by the, the USDA. Mm-hmm. So if you're certified organic, you're meeting, you're meeting a certain standard um, of farming and production that other farms are not expected to comply with. Um, so, so what that means is practically, um, you're refraining from using certain substances and practices on your farm that have been deemed by the USDA or the National Organic Program to be harmful in some way. Um, if, if I were to say it excludes all synthetic substances or, or it, it only excludes herbicides, that's not necessarily true. It's, it's more technical than that. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, you can say that uh, organic farming uh, generally refrains from the use of synthetic fertilizers and herbicides mm-hmm. uh, and requires certain things like uh, crop rotation, and um, nutrient management that other conventional farming systems uh, generally do not. Mm-hmm. So that's the definition of, of uh, organic certification. You're meeting a standard. Mm-hmm. Um, with the regenerative organic certification, this is a fairly new standard that just actually was just released this year um, that we heavily support and helped uh, build some of the regulations for this is a private standard that um, is administered by actually a group of organizations and companies that want to raise that bar from organic even further. Um, Mm -hmm. So we call that the regenerative organic certification. Mm -hmm. The reason we kept the word organic in it is because we still really value that standard set forth by the USDA. So if you want to become certified regenerative organic, at a minimum, you have to be certified organic. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, we've added some additional requirements that um, help qualify you as regenerative. That means you're not only on the land uh, maintaining its quality and its natural resources, you're improving them as well. And that's the big tenet of regenerative mm. 
organic. We want you to, to be improving the things um, that come with your farm, whether it be water or soil health. And it's, it's based on three main tenets, soil health, animal welfare, and social fairness. So, so that's kind of a, it's a long way of saying organic is a, is a standard that farmers meet. Regenerative organic is also a standard that we've sort of tried to raise the bar on uh, for farmers in the United States. I don't I think, think that was, I don't think that was long at all. I thought that was really good. Um, <laughs> we have friends at uh, Pocono Organics. Oh, great. Yeah. Where, where, where do they line up in this whole thing? You know, and again, we did interview Ashley and she'll be, uh, that show will be released soon. But where does Pocono Organics land in, in this, what you just described? Well, Pocono is certainly on their way to becoming regenerative organic. And I think that's their goal. Um, but right now they have quite a bit of certified organic ground um, or in the process of transition. And what they're building there is, is really impressive. I mean, I, I just went to visit them a couple months ago just to see where their progress is. And, and they're, they're really trying to close the loop on, you know, on everything. Yeah. Uh, their fertility, their, you know, their sourcing. It's, it's really, really cool operation up there. Yeah. Sustainability there is like with water and composting and everything else is just, I've been up there. And again, I talked to Ashley, it's uh, it's mind blowing what they're doing there. So yeah. let me, let me transition to this uh, as I'm listening to you. And as I think about these other things, um, this move for a lot of farmers who you've already pointed out, especially in, in the larger, larger industrial uh, farms, they have seen, increases in crops. I mean, there's been, it's been profitable for a lot of people, correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And so this move is very courageous. And wow, like, how do you, how do you transition that financially and emotionally? And this is a big move, Sam. So maybe this is an unfair question, but what, what are they, what are you hearing from these folks? And, and where do they find the courage to make this switch? Well, it's, it's different with every farmer, but I think in general, um, there's been this real sort of renewal of awareness around soil health. And that's where I think that, I think this is driving a lot of farmer transitions is, you know, I, okay, we've been using this thing. My grandfather has been farming on this thing for decades and, you know, we've been doing okay, but we're, we're starting to see some issues, we're starting to see some weed issues. Um, maybe our herbicide isn't killing all the weeds like it used to, and they, they used to call uh, they used to call it soil quality. You know, it was something that you know, um, especially out in the Midwest, farmers would say, "Well, soil quality here is is pretty good." Um, once we started to understand more about what's going on in the soil, especially you know, given that it has its entire you know ecosystem within it. Mm-hmm. We started to realize that soil is actually something that can be healthy, you know, healthy or unhealthy. So, and that just is sort of um, indicative of what microorganisms are functioning in the soil and how well they're functioning. So once this, now, now the concept of soil health is really popular. I mean, even conventional farmers, all farmers have had, I would assume, some contact with the term soil health. So... Um, they, a lot of farmers come to us, you know, by saying things, you know, things haven't been doing so well on my farm lately, 
I've been having some issues and I've heard that organic might be something that can help me improve my soil health. And so that, that sort of um, basic interaction that we have with farmers happens a lot. And I would say that's what brings most people to us is mm. I'm interested in soil health. I want to keep this around for my kids. You know, I've heard that you guys maybe uh, have been doing something about this. <laughs> so what, what you think you can help me out? And that's how a lot of it starts. Very interesting. Uh, soil health, because some of these farmers, a lot of these farmers, especially the ones that are coming to you, recognize that soil health has deteriorated um, and they are finding it more and more difficult to um, do what they want to do with that soil. I'll put it that way. Uh, right. The weed issue is a gigantic one, is it not? It's huge, yeah. And, and you know, farmers that say they want to transition, they always say, what am I going to do about weeds? You know, uh -huh. conventional farmers say, that's my main concern. I'm okay with this, but what am I going to do about weeds? Well, the truth is on a lot of these conventional farms, they're already having a lot of trouble with herbicide resistant weeds. Mm -hmm. So um, this is sort of a natural progression to say, all right, well, I'm going to have weed issues no matter what. Um, if I transition, how am I going to deal with it differently? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been, again, I've, I've been reading up and uh, I've been amazed at, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the how big an issue that is. Like some of these weeds are big. They're big. And just, you know, look, at it, you can see it driving around sometimes. I, I went to visit a farm down in Virginia. Uh, and they're an organic farm, really wonderful family. And as I was driving down there, I saw on the sides of the road, just these, these, the same weed, you know, everywhere. And I saw it in farm fields. I saw it especially on the side of the road. Uh, and I found out later on that it was herbicide resistant mare's tail and that some of the, the highway, um, highway department or, or whoever's taking care of the township was spraying basically an herbicide on the side of the road uh, that was selecting for this herbicide resistant mare's tail. And, you know, looking deeper into that issue, it's a problem everywhere. Um, it's not just in Virginia, but it's, it, it can become a really widespread issue. Yeah. Tell us why weeds are an issue other than being in the way. Does it take nutrients out of the soil? Tell me why weeds are an obvious issue for farmers. Yeah, weeds are the, primarily an issue because they're competitive. They compete, uh, they compete with the plants you want to grow um, by taking nutrients from them for their own growth. So that's really it. I mean, we can talk about what's a weed and what's not really a weed, but in the end, anything that takes away from what you want to grow, uh, yeah. we consider a weed. Yeah, um, I'm going to switch gears on you a little bit, but you're the expert, so I know you can answer my questions, um, <laughs> but know. I'm going to go a little out of order here. So this is a business show, and so we're mm -hmm. farmers or businesses, um, but there's obviously a lot of quote-unquote consumers, we'll call them regular consumers, business people are consumers. Mm -hmm. Why should, we'll call it the average consumer, care about what you're sharing with me? Well, why should... Why should we care as average consumers? That's a great question. And, you know, I thought a lot about this, you know, what, why should people care? And, and sometimes I get that question myself uh, from, from farmers or other, other consumers. Uh, 
And I think they should care because what we're talking about here isn't just about food, it's about people. And that's Rodale Institute's main argument is that we believe healthy soil equals healthy food equals healthy people. So this isn't just about good quality food. It's sort of in a way about healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's about taking care of other people, mm-hmm. uh, not just yourself. So um, I think something that consumers you know, should start to think about is how their purchasing decisions with regard to food can have a positive effect on other people, you know, not just the farmers, not just the soil, um, which exactly. it certainly does have a good impact on, but this is about helping other people. And you just summed up the reason why business people should care. Um, you know, if you don't have a healthy workforce, which eventually we're going to run into problems if we don't switch things around. Okay. So, um, this is fantastic discussion. I'm loving this. So also, uh, Diana prepped me well for this discussion, Sam. So blame oh, Diana if I'm so knowledgeable. You know? so, so here's another thing, and I see it on your website. And by the way, it is uh, rodaleinstitute.org. Uh, Sam Mulriat, am I still saying it right, You've Sam? you got it. Yeah. Is yeah. our guest, and he is the a organic crop consultancy. Obviously, Sam knows what he's talking about. One of the things I learned was that the organic market reached $55 billion in the United States in 2019. My guess is that with COVID, that's even more this year. However, the statistic off your website says, however, only 1% of U.S. farmland farmland is certified organic. Sam, you have a lot of work to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we certainly do. Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes it feels like we're really uh, heavily swimming upstream. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's, it's a huge problem. Well, it's the, from a business standpoint, the great, the good news is there's huge demand. There's um, huge demand, which is great. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Again, and the, the, the move to what you're talking about um, is, I've already said, courageous and, and takes a lot of help because if, especially younger, quote unquote, younger farmers, if all they've known is the practices of using pesticides and herbicides and all other kind of stuff, um, if that's all they've ever known, then they have to be taught something new. And that's what Rodale and you are all about. So uh, again, going out on a limb a little bit here, (laughs) but uh, are you seeing some success? Is is something making you happy and what you're doing, who you're seeing, who you're talking to? Talk to me about some successes. Sure. I I will say this. You know, the most exciting thing about getting this started and about, uh, you know, going to visit farmers is that it's it's coming. Interest is coming from everywhere. You know, it's not just young farmers we're talking about. It's it's not just people that are getting started and people that were already into organic agriculture. We're, we're getting calls from conventional farmers, huge conventional farmers. We're getting calls from businesses. Um, we're getting calls from landowners that want to uh, want their farmer that they lease land to to transition to organic. So that's been really encouraging to see that interest come from so many different groups of people. Um, it's not just a young, hip crowd thing. Mm-hmm. People are really starting to think about it now. And some of the success we're seeing is, uh, you know, I'll give you an example of a farmer that we visited in York. Um, he called us initially. He said, you know, my family's got about, 
you know, a couple thousand acres in commodity grain production. And we want to transition um, about 100 acres to organic. And we also don't want to till. And I was like, oh, man, that, that is, you know, that's really hard to do, but that's great. Okay, we'll, we'll see what we can do and, and try to figure out a plan together. And uh, just this past season, he, this particular farmer is still in transition, meaning he's got a couple more years until he's certified. But during those three year, that three-year transition, he needs to uh, operate his farm uh, using organic production practices. So just this past, uh, really a few months ago, he had his first transitional soybean harvest from a no-till organic uh, field. And he had some of the best yields he's ever had on that field, which wow. is just so exciting. You know, it, it, <laughs> I'm it, sure it is. Oh, man, we were so excited about that. It's just, and, and we got pictures and, and, you know, he was, he was excited to tell us about it and got some video out there too. So that just shows us that all the research that Rodale Institute, people that were there well before me put in so much work to show that just at the very base level, yields are competitive. You know, our yields in organic ag are competitive with conventional yields. And to see that just says that it's true. Further evidence, right? Further evidence. And this takes time, right, Sam? This 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 takes time. I mean, I know even on even at Rodale in Kutztown, you know, you're you're doing different testing. Uh, I'm not going to get this exactly right, but there's different tests and and and, um, programs you're doing for soil health directly with Rodale or otherwise. And so this is a big deal. But I want to go back to something that I know. I'm assuming a lot of people struggle when you say no till. Well, how in the heck do you plant <laughs> seeds if you're not tilling the soil? So you got to explain that for me, Sam. Yeah, sure. It, it is kind of, if you check out the website, there's some great video that, that kind of helps uh, helps you visualize this because I, I, I need that visual help, you know, to see what it looks like. But um, the way you can plant without tilling is to use some specialized equipment that allows you to cut through um, untilled soil. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you were going to plant right into a field that had a cover crop on it, um, a cover crop being anything that's not a cash crop that's used for the purpose of covering soil to mm-hmm. prevent erosion. Um, if you used a no, what's called a no-till planter, it's very heavy and it has these cutting discs on it that allow you to cut through residue like that and plant directly into it. Mm. Um, so so there, there are a few different um, methods for making this thing work. But in general, uh, no-till agriculture relies on some specialized equipment that can achieve a little more than its uh, its normal counterparts used to be able to. Didn't Jeff Moyer do some kind of a webinar or a training session on that? He did, yeah. And he's actually one of the ones who helped develop uh, the, what's called a roller crimper, which allows you to, to, to help kill that cover crop so you can plant directly into it. It's basically a big drum that, that has some uh, steel fins on it that roll over the crop. It crimps it every, every six inches or so and kills it and creates this weed suppressive mat that you can then plant into. Jeff Moyer, Jeff Moyer, by the way, is, uh, is the chief operating chief, chief executive officer. I'm not sure of his title. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah. So Jeff Moyer is the, is the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, um, I think everybody down there is kind of a boss. Like you have your own little, your own <laughs> little deal going on there. I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, 
<clears throat> wow, we could go for a long time. So, <clears throat> so tell me, uh, it's going good. You're getting people calling you. Um, I would think that the transition as a general statement is a big deal, but is there any challenges? I, I know you, we want you and we want to get this to as many, uh, landowners, business people, farmers as possible. Um, and we're seeing, you're seeing some success, but what pops up in your brain is maybe some of the, uh, maybe challenges that they're having and in, in going through all this. Is it emotional as well as it is it real is it financial maybe talk to me about some of the challenges they might face as they're going through this transition sure there there are quite a few but some of the ones that stick out um what we could talk about from from a social standpoint it's not it's not entirely uh acceptable for a farmer to transition to organic in the midst of a of a conventional farming community um, it's it, it sometimes it's looked down upon because they you know these farms when they're transitioning tend to have a lot of weeds you know they tend to be still figuring out their system yeah and some of the farmers in their in their communities are not always very accepting of it so there's some social pressure to kind of keep doing what everyone else is doing which which really is a is a crazy thing if you think about it i mean everybody should be able to to, to operate the way they want but but I think there's a lot of a lot of social pressure. Yeah. I'd also say that a huge challenge is during the transition period, you're using organic production methods, which may uh, limit some of your options for controlling weeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're not getting paid organic prices. Mm. And that's a huge challenge. You you have to be able to to assume some level of risk during your transition period. Mm-hmm. to have low yields or not necessarily have your system figured out. Um, however, at, after your transition period, once you get organic certification and you fulfilled the requirements to meet uh, the NOP guidelines, um, we're seeing a lot of farms get sometimes two or three times the price for their organic commodities wow. than they normally would. Yeah. So it's a huge payoff when you get there, but getting there is tough. I'm 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 so happy with your being so candid because I could see it. I mean, I I could see it, and 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 it's a and it's a leap. But I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago because I you said, hey, this isn't just hip young young guys and gals doing this. It's uh it's uh traditional uh, farmers, and and what crossed my mind is that it's going to be especially in terms of soil health, and for those who want to leave the legacy of that farm it's grandparents it's Mm -hmm. it's parents it's grandparents saying well wait a minute i farmed this land for a long time i actually some of them are old enough to remember when their dad or their mom or their family farmed it without all the the industrial applications and they're saying wait a minute you know i want to do this for my own family and not only that for the health of my community and across the board and again this is my words not sam's words so uh, don't don't blame me, but Sam, am I? What do you think? I mean, is that a reasonable statement? Oh yeah, and, and that's driving a, a lot of interest. Yeah. Just saying, all right, you know, I think the average age of a farmer in the United States is about fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, considering that that's an average, uh, there are quite a bit of farmers that are older than that as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think 
it's the case that a lot of the conventional farmers that we know are are much older than that and and they're thinking about what's next for their kids and if they got kids that want to farm then yeah it's, it's a good question to ask yeah and this uh i don't want to keep bringing up chemicals and pesticides but um it's also affecting some of their thinking as again as the weed issue becomes more and more they don't know what to do a lot of these people don't know what to do they may be listening to some people that may not be giving them the right advice. That's why I am so thrilled to doing our small part. And my team at Business Builders Media feels the same way that we're doing our, our small part to this. So we're going to wrap up, um, Sam, but uh, here's the opportunity for you to uh, maybe I didn't ask you a question that you, mm-hmm. you think I should share with our audience. And so this is your time to kind of wrap up. Tell us, uh, how you'd like to do that. Sure. No, I mean, this has been great. Thank you so much for, you know, helping us get this message out. I, I guess, guess what I would leave people with would be, you know, if you're a farmer, you should know that there's support out there for you to, to make a change if you want it. You know, give us a call. We, we love talking shop with people, you know. We, we love to talk about this kind of thing. Um so give us a call and we can try to help you figure it out and, and keep an open mind, you know, about your neighbors that are thinking of doing this, uh, if, if you're not organic yourself. But what I will say is, is that with support, it's a lot easier uh, than it is alone. So um, do that. You know, if you're a landowner or business, I would say just recognize that you're, you're, um, you can be one of the biggest drivers of change for this movement. You know, if you're a landowner, maybe say, Hey, to your farmer that leases land from you, have you ever thought about this? Um, have you ever thought about transitioning? And if you're a consumer, you know, realize, recognize what we talked about before is that, um, you know, this is something that can show that you care about other people. If you, if you try to, you know, if you've never been to a farmer's market before, that's totally fine. Maybe give it a shot for a special occasion and see what you think. And if you go to them all the time, and consider consider getting certified organic uh, yeah. produce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fantastic discussion, Sam. Um, great, great, great discussion. I'm so honored to have you. I'm so honored to be connected to the Rod- Rodale Institute. So, folks, farmers, uh, landowners, businesses, businesses especially, You'll want to pay attention to this stuff. This is going to impact your future business person. I'm talking as a business person. You, the health of your teams, the health of your communities, um, a lot more rides on this than you realize if you're not. And again, this is my editorial comment, not Sam's, not Rodale's. This is Marty Wolf's editorial comment. But business people, start reading up. Go to the RodaleInstitute.org website. See what what the great resources they have there. There's all kinds of books out there. There's things that you could read. This is a real issue in America and worldwide. And as a business person, if you're proactive, you'll start learning about this stuff right now. So, Sam, forgive me for my last editorial comment. I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> that was great. And uh, so uh, that's my speech. I'm sticking to it. So, Sam, thank you so much for being part of the Business Builder Show. Marty, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Had a lot of fun. 
Thank you for listening to the Business Builders Show on the Business Builders Media Network. Find all our shows and many other great podcasts at businessbuildersmedia.com. That's businessbuildersmedia.com. 